Glory to God. This is Dr. Ruth. How are you doing today? I trust the Lord you are doing well. So I have a question for you. Have you been blessed by the teachings in this podcast? I trust the Lord that you have been blessed because the word of God never returns void. So would you do me a favor? Would you email us to let us know how these teachings are transforming your lives? What the Lord is doing with these teachings in your life? I would really, really like to hear from you. And it will be a blessing to read about your feedback or testimonies. Okay, so here is our email address. Info at drruthtanyi.org. Again, it is info I-N-F-O at drruthtanyi.org. I thank you in advance for sending me your feedback as I am really excited to, to hear what the Lord is doing and I look forward to reading your emails and I do read all of the emails. So when you send me an email, I will personally respond. So I really encourage you to email us and let us know how these teachings are transforming your lives. Glory to God. And also, please remember to share this with friends and family and check out our YouTube page, Facebook page, and Instagram. And we also have a bookstore where you can uh, check it out and find other Bible teaching materials right there. So I pray in the name of Jesus that your hearts are open to receive God's word today and you will be blessed. Here is the teaching. Okay, we move to the next chapter, chapter 9. What is the gist of chapter 9? In this chapter, we will learn how Moses will, will uh, recount the disobedience of the Israelites and just to remind them that it is not because <laughs> of them or it is not because of their righteousness that God chose them. As his chosen people, it is because of God's love for them and it's because of God's faithfulness to his oath or covenant with Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. And it is because God has chosen them as his holy people due to his covenant with their ancestors that God will use them as an instrument to bring judgment against the pagan nations who were demon-possessed at that time. So that is the gist of this chapter. A lot of these examples here we have gone over in the book of Exodus. So I am really going to just uh, skip a lot of this and refer you back to the book of Exodus. If you are listening to me for the first time, I really recommend you go back and re-listen to Genesis through Numbers so you can get this in perspective. Okay, let's get to uh, chapter 9 here, verse 1. Here, Israel, you are now about to cross the Jordan to go in and dispose nations greater and stronger than you with large cities that have walls up to the sky. Again, Moses just illustrating how the nation of Israel is about to go possess these other nations that are stronger and that have... Um, modified type looking walls highlighting their strength okay uh, verse 2 the people 
are strong and tall, Anakites. He just went on to say you are about to go and overtake people who are like giants. But again, reassuring them is that is the Lord that goes before them. They can take heart. They should not be afraid. This is verse 3. But be assured today that the Lord your God is the one who goes ahead of you, like I had already explained, like a devouring fire. We see Moses here using the illustration of fire to describe the Lord in his strength. Okay, He will destroy them. He will subdue them before you and you will drive them out and annihilate them. And this prophecy really came to pass. Some of these nations actually are in non-existence today. Let's come to verse 4. After the Lord your God has driven them out before you, do not say to yourself, the Lord has brought me here to take possession of this land because of my righteousness. Right, right there, powerful. No, it is on account of the wickedness of these nations that the Lord is going to drive them out before you. So right here we see the reason why the Lord is going to use the nation of Israel as an instrument of judgment. Essentially, they will carry out God's justice on his behalf. They will get into the promised land and demolish all these other demonic nations because them, the Israelites, are God's holy chosen people, so they're going to go and fight against the enemy over there, Satan, who has possessed those nations. So number one, God is going to, God is using them not because they are righteous. No, the nation of Israel, as we know by now, were stiff-necked people, people who disobeyed God. That is not why God is going to use them. God is going to use them as his instrument for justice. Moses just explained that right there. Verse 5, it is not because of your righteousness or your integrity that you are going to take possession. What I just explained, Moses just went on to reiterate that it is not because of your righteousness. It is because God will use them as an instrument to bring justice and also because of his oath with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That is listed there towards the end of verse 5. Verse 6, understand then that it is not because of your righteousness that the Lord your God is giving you this good land to possess, for you are a stiff-necked people. <laughs> Boy, this tells us a lot about the Lord. God is so faithful. God is just keeping his promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and just expressing unconditional love towards these people. And begging them just to obey him so he can bless them. He wants to bless them. It's like a parent who has all this blessing that they want to give to the child. And the child is so deviant or devious, if, you would, if I could even use that word. And the child is stubborn and, and disobeying the parent. The child is wanting to do things his or, or her own way. That would break the heart of the parent. And most parents would say, oh my goodness, I really want to bless this child. I want to just bless them, but I cannot do that if they don't listen to me. That is the picture of God here with the nation of Israel. Do you see that? God has all these blessings for them. And God is saying that I want to show you my goodness. I want to bless you. Just obey me. Just like he is telling us today. 
Oh my goodness. I have all these blessings in the Bible. I have given you power and authority in the name of Jesus. I have even sent the Holy Spirit that indwells you. You just stand up in faith and trust me. You just stand up in faith and lean on me and rest in Christ and see me deliver you from that battle. But do many Christians do that? No. They want to figure it out their way. They want to do it their own way. Boy, your way ends to destruction. Okay? So that's what we see God telling the Israelites through Moses. It is not because you are righteous. You are a stiff-necked people. It is because of my covenant relationship with your ancestors. And it is because I am faithful that I want to do this to you. Okay? So we come to verse 7. Uh, verses 7, boy, verses verse 7 all the way to, in fact, the end of this chapter here, which is uh, verse 29, Moses will go on to, <laughs> I like the way Moses do, is doing this, Moses will go on to use history to remind these people that you are a stiff-necked people. Moses is like laying He's adding to his thesis, okay? He had opened his thesis by saying that it is not because you are righteous. Don't you ever think that God is doing this to you because you, you obeyed him. God is only doing this to you because that is, his, that is his character. He is faithful. Moses will then go on to, to, to outline the disobedience that the, the Israelites had done in the last 40 years just to remind them that, listen, you are stiff-necked people. You disobeyed God here, here, and here, but God is faithful. That's what, what is about to happen. The next uh, verses here, we had gone over this in detail in the book of Exodus and Numbers. So I am not going to um, emphasize. I'm going to skip them. Okay, we come to verse 7. Moses will talk about the golden calf. We talked about that in the book of Exodus. Uh, how uh, he had gone to spend 40 days and 40 nights with the Lord. And the Lord had given him the uh, Ten Commandments in the two tablets of stones. And then God told him to come down the mountain because Aaron had been swayed by the <laughs> children of Israel to create golden calf and to worship. That is what Moses is about to tell us here. Just highlighting that you are a stiff-necked people. So let's take a look at some verses here. Verse 7, I am still in Deuteronomy chapter 9. Remember this and never forget how you aroused the anger of the Lord your God in the wilderness. From the day you left Egypt until you arrived here, you have been rebellious against the Lord. Just like what I had just explained Verse 8, at, at Horeb, you aroused the Lord's wrath so that he was angry enough to destroy you. Verse 9, Moses is about to remind them of the incident now about the golden calf. When I went up on the mountain to receive the tablets of stone, the tablets of the covenant, the Lord had made with you. I stayed on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. I ate no bread. Verse 10, the Lord gave me two stones of tablet. He talked about that. that. And uh, verse 11, 
at the end of the 40 days, I am skipping some of these verses because I had gone over this. I am trusting that you will go back and reread this. At the end of the 40 days, I am in verse 11 and 40 nights. The Lord gave me the two tablets. Verse 12, then the Lord told me, go down from there at once because your people whom you brought out of Egypt have become corrupt. Remember that incident? Uh, verse 13, and the Lord said to me, I have seen these people. They are a stiff-necked people. Okay, we come now down to verse 15. Moses is saying that, so I turned and went down from the mountain while it was ablaze with fire. And the two tablets of the covenant were in my hand. Verse 16, when I looked, I saw that you had sinned against the Lord, your God. And um, you had made for yourself an idol cast in the shape of a calf. You had turned aside quickly from the way the Lord had commanded. So Moses is reminding them how they are a stiff-necked people. That he was only away for 40 days and they, they created a calf image to worship as God. And he went on to relay his reaction. Verse 17, he talked about how he took the tablets and threw them and they break into pieces. And then in verse 18, this is a new revelation that we didn't quite get in the book of Exodus. So let's take a closer look at this verse here. Then once again, I fell prostrate before the Lord for 40 days and 40 nights. I ate no bread and drank no water because of all the sin you had committed doing what was evil in the Lord's sight and so arousing his anger. So Moses is saying that after he came down from the mountain and saw that they were worshipping this golden calf, he broke the two tablets of stones which had a covenant. Then he went into a praying, interceding on their behalf again for 40 days and 40 nights. He ate nothing. Boy, Moses had so much love for these people. And in verse 19, he talked about how he feared that the Lord's anger would be enough to destroy them. And then in verse 19, again, he said, after praying and interceding for them, the Lord listened to him. And then in verse 20, and the Lord was angry enough with Aaron to destroy him. But again, we are learning here that Moses had also prayed and interceded for Aaron and the Lord spared Aaron's life. Verse 21, also I took that sinful thing of yours. He just went on to say how he crushed it into dust. That is what is said there in uh, verse 21, referring to the golden calf that he crushed into dust. Coming to verse 22, he also talked how they, uh, another incident that they got the Lord uh, uh, angry you can read that there on your own. We come to verse 23. Verse 23. And Moses is here talking about that uh, disobedience that took place in Kadesh. Remember, we talked about this in the book of Numbers, how the nation of Israel rebelled against the Lord when the spies came with a bad report. That is what Moses is referring to there. In verse 23, 
uh, we come to verse 25. Moses is talking about how he also interceded on their behalf, praying to the Lord not to destroy them. So I hope you see what Moses is doing here. He is, again, just to repeat myself, he had explained to the second generation Israelites how it is not because of their righteousness that the Lord is going to bless them with this promised land. No, it was because of God's promise to their ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, highlighting God's faithfulness, and also because the Lord was going to use the nation of Israel as an instrument to bring judgment against these pagan nations. So those were the two reasons that Moses gave them or that the Lord explained to Moses to tell them why he is blessing them if they obey. And after Moses said that, he went on to list all of their rebellious activities against the Lord, beginning with the fact that they had uh, created a golden calf when he had gone to spend 40 nights and 40 days with the Lord when the Lord gave him the Ten Commandments. He went on to remind them that you guys are a stiff-necked people, okay? So don't think it's because you are righteous. And then he went on to talk about the fact that they had also rebelled against the Lord in Kaddish when they um, refused to go and possess the promised land uh, following that incident where the spies brought the bad report and all along he had been interceding for them, praying for them so the Lord would not destroy them as a nation. So really that is what uh, those verses were teaching there. So we pick it up here. In verse 27, remember your servants Abraham, Isaac, and, and Jacob. Uh, overlook the stubbornness of these people, their wickedness, and their sin. Moses is just saying that that is how he prayed to the Lord, that the Lord should overlook the stubbornness and sin of the nation of Israel uh, because of his covenant relationship with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And in verse 28, we talked about this as well in the book of Numbers. Moses is just reminding them how he had prayed to the Lord that if the Lord wiped them out, meaning destroyed the nation of Israel out of the map, the other nations may misunderstand that. The other nations may see that as if God delivered them from Egypt, but God was not strong enough to take them into the promised land and God was not faithful enough to keep to his promise. So Moses is just telling this second generation Israelites that that is how he prayed to the Lord and it was because of his intercession and because God listened to him, that was why they are still a nation today and that is why they are going into the promised land and they should not think that it was because of their righteousness because it wasn't, okay? So that is what uh, verse 28 is actually teaching and um, verse 29 is also actually uh, saying, 
what I just explained. But let me just read verse 29 here. But they are your people, your inheritance that you brought out by your great power and your outstretched arm. So Moses just went on to tell the second generation Israelites how he had interceded on their behalf. So bottom line, they should obey God. We come to chapter 10. Moses would proceed to explain to the Israelites the reasons they should obey God. So that is the gist of that chapter. Moses would go on to, to emphasize using history to explain the importance of God in their midst. They should always remember to have a reverential fear and respect and love for God because he had displayed his miraculous deeds in their midst throughout the wilderness. So Moses would go on to emphasize that. Again, obedience, 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 and he would narrate their travels or their journey in the wilderness. So let us take a look at some verses here. I am in Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 1. At that time, the Lord said to me, Chisel out two stone tablets like the first ones and come up to me on the mountain. Also make a wooden ark. Verse 2, I will write on the tablets the words that were on the first tablet which you broke. Then you are to put them in the ark. So picking up the story here from chapter 9. Now, if you remember, like I had, I had said throughout, human beings added chapters and verses in the Bible right around the 16th century. So to the Jews, this was just one book. It was just the book of Deuteronomy with no chapters, with no verses. It was just a continuous theme. So when we come into these various chapters, at times it seems as if it's a continuation from the previous chapter because to the Jews really it was okay so it's a continuous thought but the chapters and the verses were added there to help us so we can have a mental break and help us to have uh, more clarity when we study the word of God so with that in mind just keep in mind that chapter 10 is like a continuous thought from uh, Moses's teaching from chapter 9. So now, in these first two verses, Moses had explained how he had broken the first tablet that the Lord had given him that had the commandments because he was angry that the Israelites had created the golden calf as idols. So now he is telling them that after he had done that and the Lord then gave him Another instruction to write the commandments on a different tablet to replace the one that Moses had broken. So that is what uh, is happening in these two verses. So we pick it up here in verse 3. So Moses is telling, telling them that he obeyed. So I made the ark out of uh, acacia wood and chiseled out two stone tablets like the first ones. And I went up on the mountain with the two tablets in my hand. Verse 4. 
the Lord wrote on these tablets what he had written before the Ten Commandments. He had proclaimed to you on the mountain, out of the fire, on the day of the assembly. So Moses just went on to say that he obeyed the Lord and, and took the two tablets made out of acacia wood. He went up the mountain and the Lord wrote the Ten Commandments again on the tablet because the first one he crushed into fine powder dust because he was angry. So, But the Lord was able to replace that. Again, highlighting how the Ten Commandments did not come from Moses, but they came from the Lord. And the Lord was even willing to replace that after Moses broke the first one out of anger. Boy, that was a holy anger right there that Moses displayed. So we come to verse 5. Then I came down, down the mountain and put the tablets in the ark I had made as the Lord commanded me, and they are there now. Now meaning at the time that Moses was giving this lecture. Okay, that is what those few verses explain. So beginning here in verse 6, all the way to verse 11, Moses is just going to recount their journey in the wilderness. In verse uh, 6, he talked about their travels from the wells of Benjakan to Mozera. Then Aaron died and was buried, okay, and his uh, son Elijah succeeded him as priest. In verse 7, he talked about how they traveled. And then in verse 8, he talked about how the Lord then set apart the tribe of Levi to be the ones to carry the ark and to minister to him at the tabernacle. We have talked about that. And we come to verse 9. Moses went on to talk about how because the Lord had set apart the tribe of Levi to be his ministers, that is why the Levites have no share or inheritance among their fellow Israelites. Okay, we come to verse 10. Moses just went on to explain how they had stayed in the mountain long enough, and then the Lord finally gave him instructions to proceed into the promised land and go possess the land he had sworn to their ancestors. That is in verse 11 there. That uh, brings us to verse 12. Now, in verses 12, all the way to the end of this chapter, Moses again went on to reiterate the importance of obedience and for loving the Lord and having reverential fear of God. Let us take a look at some of these verses. And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God ask of you? So after he had explained all this, he is like, okay, now, the Lord did not choose you because you're righteous. You are a stubborn, stiff-necked stiff people. You had seen the miraculous works of the Lord. God has blessed you out of all the other nations on the face of the earth. He has chosen you and has multiplied you. And he is taking you into this promised land. He will fight for you. He will overcome for you. So now, what 
does God require of you? This is amazing how Moses took almost, what, nine and a half chapters <laughs> to, to just use history and to explain to these people so they can get it that it is not because of you. You were disobedient. You didn't even show love for God, but God did all this. All of this is just highlighting God's faithfulness, God, God's love for his chosen people. And now Moses is like, okay, I have explained all this to you. So what, is, what, what does God require from you? Moses went on to tell them, wow. Verse 12, towards the middle there, he said, to fear the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul. Verse 13, and to observe the Lord's commands and decrees that I am giving you today for your own good. Wow. So if you are wondering, what does God require of me? Right here. To fear him. And the fear here, like I have explained before, is not a fear like you would fear evil. No, it's a reverential fear for the Lord because he is your creator. Okay, it's a healthy, good fear for God because he is your creator. Creator, And that fear would, would engender obedience. So you fear the Lord, your God, a reverential healthy fear of God as your creator. You walk in obedience. You obey God. You obey his teachings in the Bible from the book of Genesis to the book of Revelation. You love God unconditionally because he loves you first. He died for you. He has already displayed his love for you on the cross. You love him back and you serve him with all of your hearts, with all of your soul, with all of your strength, you put his decrees to practice. Isn't this what I have been saying throughout in this Bible teaching podcast? God still expects these things today of us to love him, to serve him, to obey him, and to practice his word. So if you are ever curious what does God expect from me right here this is it it's not difficult <laughs> okay and God is not going to force you to do these things God is going to want you to do it willingly okay verse um, 14 to the Lord your God belong the heavens even the highest heavens the earth and everything in it so true he owns everything Yet, verse 15, the Lord set his affection on your ancestors and loved them, and he chose you, their descendants, above all other nations, as it is today. Isn't that awesome? God, who is the creator of the heavens and the earth, loves us. He sent Jesus to die on the cross for us. What else do we need? He has given us his word. He has indwelt us with his Holy Spirit. What else is there? Obey him for our own good. 
like I have said, when God gives a decree, it's because it's going to benefit us. Every word in this Bible, every teaching in this Bible is for our own benefit because God who created us, he knows us more than we know ourselves. He knows what's best for us. And in his love, he has given it to us. And today, in this 21st century, we are blessed. We have it in a Bible, in a book, that these people in the Old Testament did not. We can own our own Bibles today. Okay, people just as recent as the 8th or 9th century didn't have that privilege. People were killed if they possessed the Bibles in their homes. People gave their lives. I don't want to get into church history, but I want to give you perspective. People gave their lives so we can have Bible in our homes. Please open your Bible. Study the Word of God. It is life. It will change your life. I'm sure you, you figured that out, right? That is why you're listening to this, because you're getting something from this. Put it to practice. See how God will change your life. That is what Moses is saying here. Still so much applicable today. The people who have transformed societies took the word of God, put it to practice, and they transformed societies. They transformed their families. They transformed their lives for the better by putting the word of God to practice. You can do likewise and leave a legacy for your kids and for your family and for others. The word of God is life. Okay. Verse 16, circumcise your heart, therefore, and do not be stiff-necked. So Moses just went on to say, you know what, just <laughs> get it right. Obey the Lord and don't be disobedient to his laws. Verse 17, for the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords and the great God. God is the supreme being. He is the creator. That's Moses is just highlighting that God is God above everything else. We know that. He went on to say he is a great God. He is impartial. He defends the cause of the fatherless and the widow. He loves the foreigner. Verse 19. And he just went on to say that since these are qualities of God, meaning that God loves the fatherless, the widows, God is impartial. You Israelites should love those who are foreigners as well. That is what Moses is saying there uh, because they were foreigners in Egypt. Verse 20, fear the Lord your God and serve him. Hold fast to him and take your oaths in his name. Verse 21, he is the one you are to praise. He is your God who performed for you those great and awesome wonders awesome wonders rather and you saw with your own eyes your ancestors who went down into Egypt were 70 in all and now the Lord your God has made you as numerous as the stars in the sky this is a prophecy that the Lord gave to Abraham Moses is just saying that you see only 70 people 
went to Egypt. And today, you are as numerous as the stars in the sky. God is faithful. That promise that God gave to Abraham that your descendants would be as numerous as the stars in the sky is being fulfilled. So Moses is highlighting that, that God loves you. He has blessed you. He has multiplied you. The least you could do is to serve him, obey him, and love him, which also applies to us today. The least we could do is to love God, fear him, serve him, obey him, because he died on that cross in our place. Before we go, I want to remind you to visit our website, drruthtanyi.org. That's D-R-R-U-T-H-T-A-N-Y-I dot O-R-G. And check out our event page and sign up for one or all of our upcoming events. While there, remember to subscribe to Dr. Ruth's monthly Bible teaching e-newsletters so you can start receiving more life-changing teachings. If Dr. Ruth's teachings are a blessing to you, we would like to know that. So would you please send us an email and let us know? Here is our email address, info at drruthtanyi.org. That's I-N-F-O at D-R-R-U-T-H-T-A-N-Y-I dot O-R-G. You can also find Dr. Ruth's simple and practical teachings on YouTube. Just search for Dr. Ruth Tanyi Ministries. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and watch Dr. Ruth's Bible teaching videos at your convenience 24-7. Remember to click the notification bell on YouTube after you subscribe. That way, you will receive alerts when we upload more Bible teachings. I am Chris Horam, and may God's abundant blessings chase you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.